Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 31st, 2017 and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 48 in chapter We Agnostics. We will be reading the first four paragraphs and commenting on those today. Today's readers are Mary H. for the 12 Steps, Penny L.C. for the 12 Traditions and reading the text, and our backup firefighter, Camille P., Rocky I., and Mary H. Grateful for you. The reference numbers, the most recent reference numbers, I will talk about the 10 a.m. Eastern Time for May 30th, yesterday, is 9992, May 30th, Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. 9992. And for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting this morning, Wednesday, May 31st, 9994. 9994. Our OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary H. to read the 12 steps. My name is Mary H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California, and here are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Mary H. I will now ask Penny L.C. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Melanie, and good morning to everyone on the line. This is Penny L.C., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. Uh, The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 
six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service, Melanie, and for everyone on the meeting doing service. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Penny Elsie. I love making mistakes. Okay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the chapter We Agnostics on page 48, starting with paragraph 1. The readers may still ask and read through four complete paragraphs, which ends on page 49, 14 lines down, and proceeds nowhere. I will ask Camille P. to begin our reading and study this morning. Hi, this is Camille P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from California. Um, The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself. We think there are good reasons. Let us have a look at some of them. The practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. Nevertheless, the 20th century readily accepts theories of all kinds, provided they are firmly grounded in fact. We have numerous theories, for example, about electricity. Everybody believes them without a murmur of doubt. Why this ready acceptance? Simply because it is impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption as a starting point. Everybody nowadays believes in scores of assumptions for which there is good evidence but no perfect visual proof. And does not science demonstrate that visual proof is the weakest proof? It is being constantly revealed as mankind studies the material world that outward appearances are not inward reality at all. To illustrate, the prosaic steel girder is a mass of electrons whirling around each other at incredible speed. These tiny bodies are governed by precise laws, and these laws hold true throughout the material world. Science tells us so. We have no reason to doubt it. When, however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful guiding creative intelligence, right there our perverse streak comes to the surface and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. We read wordy books and indulge in windy arguments, thinking we believe this universe needs no God to explain it. Were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. Um, 
Well, I have to say I am not a very practical person, and I didn't do a lot of this kind of thinking. Um, I, my mom's an artist. I'm more on, like, the, the I don't know, free-flowing artistic side with my head in the clouds a lot. Um, however, I would say a couple of things. Um, it's interesting how it says that there's an all-powerful guiding creative intelligence underneath the material world. Um, I did have a, a strong belief in God, um, having gotten to my knees years before from another addiction. Um, yet, I had this problem of compulsive overeating. I, I didn't know what to call it at the time. Um, this big problem with food in my life that wouldn't go away for a really long time, despite my connection with God. So, you know, to think that it's a material world. So like the problem of my food, that's a material thing, um, was right under this God that I had, like it was related, but I couldn't make that connection ever. Um, and in that way, I, I was persistently trying to solve the problem myself. I would pray about it, but then I don't know, there was no connection between my prayers and the change. There was no change happening. So something was really wrong. Um, so I, I feel like when I came to OA, um, I was able to make the connection between my God and my problem with the help of my sponsor and then listening to other people. And I didn't even know you guys all existed because I was so alone and isolated. Um, so I, really, I feel like the people here in OA and the steps have helped God have helped God be, be become so much more real to me and more applicable to my food problem. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Camille P. The floor is now open for comments on those first four paragraphs on page 48. Who would like to comment? Lori from Minneapolis. Challenge. Jackie B. Danny J. Jackie B. I have these mm -hmm. folks right here. I'll just tell you. Sometimes when I'm silent, I'm just writing down names real, real fast. I might, may have caught you, but let's see. I have Sue G, Jackie B. And do I have Danny from Minnesota? Annie Lois. J. Is it Annie J? Is that what you're saying instead of Danny? Annie. Like the movie. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay, thank you. And then I have Talon. Talon D, mm -hmm. is that here, Talon? Yeah. Okay. Who else did I miss? Sylvia. Lois. I hear Lois. Do I hear Dina? Yes. I hear Dina. Okay. And then do I hear a Suze? Sue? Suzanne. Suzanne. First initial of your last name, Suzanne? Tatum. I'm in Olympia. T. Okay, great. Thank you, Suze. Let's go with that. That's a good list. So I have Sue G, Jackie B, Annie J, Talon D, Lois, didn't catch the first initial of your last name, Gina R, and Suzanne T. So you're up first, Suji. Good morning. Hi, this is Suji from Michigan, um, Eastern Time, um, recovered by the grace of God. I, my problem was, you know, when electricity goes on, if, if electricity doesn't go on, it's like, <gasps> what happened? Because I so thoroughly expect the lights to come on. And, you know, I always believed because I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. And that was the only way I could say it to anybody about why I believed in God. And, and um, you know, I, because I, I experienced it inside me. The light went on. Um, my problem was that I didn't use him as a guiding. I wanted to, I wanted to I wanted to do the guiding. I guess I expected I thought that he expected me to know enough about food, enough about uh, I went to a church that 
was very strong on a health message. So I figured, well, he you know he had other more important things to do, and I have this knowledge, and I'm supposed to use it. And I went through that way for probably almost 30 years in OA. And then I came in to the vision meeting and got a good sponsor. And I slowly, in the big book somewhere, there's a there's a point made that that we use God instead of letting God use us or something. And that's that's the hang-up I had. Um, and I had to learn by reading that 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 was me. I was I was using God. I mean, yeah, I was doing my praying and I was doing my reading. and But I still was more of a help person than a, what do you want me to do to help others? And um, I guess that's all I have to share. Thank you. Thank you so much, Suji. Jackie B? Hi, I'm Jackie B. Can I be heard? Yes, hi, Jackie. Hi. I'm Jackie B. from the Bronx, compulsive overeater and recovered uh, one day at a time. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for your service today. uh, What I highlighted was simply because it's impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, or use without a reasonable assumption as a starting point, everyone nowadays believes in scores of assumptions for which there is good evidence, but not perfect visual proof. Uh, what I got from that was um, I may not visually see my higher power, but I feel my higher power every day. Uh, that wasn't always true. Uh, in the past, and like I said, I've been programmed 25 years, going on 10 months of Vision for You uh, recovery today. Um, I would always question God. Why, why, why? Uh, today I realize it's not about why, it's how. How can I be of service today? How can I uh, fulfill being a part of this universe? Um, it's not so much needing the physical. I find physical when I go to -to face-to-face meetings and I hear people share and I get a hug. Uh, I feel my higher power there. But in recovery today, I learned that I don't need to know why. I just need to know how. And that's a big change. That's a, a, a mental twist that has changed that has made my recovery today, one day at a time, stronger. Um, My abstinence is set. I know what it is. I've got it. Good. Take myself, do, you know, what I need to do. But I need to do the footwork. That's all that my higher power needs me to do for me to have a tangible recovery one day at a time. And that is listening to a vision for you, um, having a sponsor in the program, being a sponsor, turning my, no matter what time of day it is uh, or evening, I turn my food over to my high, to my sponsor and I do my uh, 11-step inventory and I'll do a 10-step if I need be. But either way, I do this re- regularly, daily, and with that, I don't need a burning bush. I don't need um, physical. I need to know that I'm here and I'm present and I'm part of a bigger group than just little old Jackie from the Bronx. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Annie J., you're next. Star one, Annie J. This is Annie J. Can I be heard? You can. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is my first time sharing, and I'm a little nervous. I have a five-month-old, so I might have to cut it out if cut out if she needs me. But um, so so grateful. Oh my gosh! Three months ago, if you would have told me that I wouldn't be obsessing about my food and my plan and my exercise all day, I would have thought you were crazy. 
and today it's just total miracle. I am completely in awe. Um, but endlessly, endlessly searched in program still for a power greater than myself, mainly in human form that could solve my problem for me. Um, and today, you know, knowing that that power is so much greater than human form. <laughs> um, so just wanted to say how grateful I am for a vision for you. I did not think when I got here that it would work and that it's working one day at a time in my life today. So thank all of you for who are on the line, and I appreciate everyone's share today. Thanks. I'll pass. Thanks, Annie J. Yeah, thank you. Talon D., you're next. Hi, this is Talon D. from outside Philly, and the line that stuck out to me is we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. And this made me think of just, like, avoiding or suppressing the truth that's inside of all of us. And it made me think of my brother, who was an atheist um, my whole childhood. And recently, he um, came to believe in God. And I asked him, I was like, what happened? Like, why, what shifted? And what um, made you believe in God? And he told me that being an atheist was too hard. Like, his faith in nothing at all seemed weaker than the possibility that there is a God. And... I was thinking, like, just um, looking at the Earth's position to the sun, if the Earth was any farther away from the sun, we would all freeze. If it was any closer, we would all burn up. And even a fractional variance in the Earth's position would make life on Earth impossible. And it maintains this, like, hospitable environment for us while rotating around the sun at nearly 60,000. 7,000 miles per hour, and it gets properly warmed and cooled every day. Like, what the heck? That's insane. And then you just think about, like, water. It's colorless. It's odorless. It doesn't have any taste. And yet no living thing can survive without it. And then I think about, like, the brain, how it processes over a million messages a second. And then if you look at a human eye, like, just look at an eye and like think about all the complexities of it. It's incredible. And so I was talking to my brother and he was just saying like the evidence that there's something greater out there is so strong that it makes more sense to believe than to not believe. Um, but he also, I think this is like all step two, just like coming to believe that there is something greater and so that's step two, but step two in and of itself is too weak. Like you can believe that um, an airplane exists, but it, faith in an airplane means nothing. However, like if you need to get somewhere and an airplane is the way, you have to decide to act and actually get on the plane. And I think the pain of this disease and just um, – going through life believing nothing is just so painful that it for me it created the openness and willingness to believe that there's an airplane and then know that I need to get on that airplane well I'm talking about God like I need to believe in God and I need to turn my will and my life over to him in order for this to work and um yeah that's all I have to share thanks thank you Talendy. Lois, you're next. Would you give me the first initial of your last name, please? Lois, press star one. Let's move on to the next person on the list. Gina R., you would be next while we're waiting for Lois. Can I be heard? Uh, Who's this, please? Hello, who is this? Sounds like we're having a little bit of a technical difficulty there. Let's scoot on to Gina R., please, in the interest of time and recording. And Melanie, then we'll come can you back. hear me? Is this Melanie, who is can you hear me? <laughs> who is this? Hi, this is Gina. Lois, <laughs> C. Hi. I'll come back. I think I have. Okay. 
I think I have you now, Lois. It may be that you're having some technical difficulty, but we're going to push through. I am this. having some technical difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first initial, of your, first initial of your last name, please? C, as in cat. C, like Charles. Thank you. Thanks so much. Right. Okay, let's go. We got you now. All right, Melanie, thank you so much <laughs> for all of your service. I apologize for the technical difficulty on my end. Um, I wanted to share today that I love this portion of the big book and um, at saying the reader may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself, and we think there are good reasons. Um, for me, the best reason in the world is that I could not stop eating compulsively without a power greater than myself. And any time I am even having a small amount of doubt in my life about food or about a power being out there greater than myself, I only have to look back to the years and years that I was in the food in which I would have great resolve every day not to pick up the food, not to come home after work and binge and have the absolute deepest commitment I wouldn't do it and then not be able to do it. I am here today as a recovered person and abstinent for more than a year and I could not do this without a power greater than myself. But God is doing for me today what I couldn't do for myself. And the difference today is that I'm relating, relying on not only a power greater than myself, but looking for my higher power for guidance, for intelligence, that no amount of education, professional success, or intellect could resolve this spiritual malady that I had. And without the big book, without my higher power, without this fellowship, I couldn't do it on my own. And I love that the big book says that there are good reasons. And um, it is really good for me to remember that not only do I have to continue to live in steps 10, 11, and 12 every day, but that I have to continue to spiritually grow. And for me, the first sign that um, I have more work to do is anytime I'm even having the remotest doubt about how powerful my God is. I love when fellows remind me that my God is big and that my God has got this. No matter how big the problem is, in the past I would believe that it was stress or it was work or it was other people just not doing what I wanted them to do. And those were the problems in my life. The food was a problem in my life. And really the problem in my life was that I could not feel the sunlight and the spirit. I could not find ease and comfort in my life and used work and food and all sorts of other things to fill that emptiness I had. Today, I have the most beautiful life despite other people, despite other circumstances. And I am so grateful for living in the sunlight of the spirit. I'm grateful for everyone's service and being on this meeting this morning and the reminder of this text and how important it is in my life. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lois C. Gina R., you're next. Good morning, Mel. Thank you so much for your service. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Colorado. And um, I'm going to set my timer. Um, what is jumping out at me is uh, the word... Uh, perverse and then streak comes to the surface and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so for some reason I am wired to argue about anything even if I agree with it so I actually agree or I believe in a higher power i don't i haven't had that issue um i haven't been agnostic or atheistic about believing in a higher power now i have behaviors that are agnostic or atheistic around that and one of them is this um that perverse streak and perverse means um, willfully determined or disposed to go counter to what is expected or desired being contrary and 
it 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 reminded me of um some uh job evaluations I've gotten in the past where I had I would get all of these superlative marks and then there would be the zinger where uh my boss would say is there a way for you to not be so contrary what is it that you find that you need to do this and you're doing it about things that you actually seem to agree with i'm not understanding what you're doing and that's what i have realized that i have um, basically done all my life and through this program i am seeing it live and in color so i now pray um, for the opposite so what is the opposite of a perverse streak well it would be something that would be um, just the actual truth I don't have to be contrary to it and I I say things now um, if, I, if I feel that perverse streak coming along and it doesn't even have to be just about the food it can be about anything so if doubt starts to rear its ugly head instead of feeding it I know that I can supplant it through the help of my higher power and to say what would you have me be instead of this fear being here I'm asking you to remove it what would you have me be and then my higher power will do that for me and then I am actually able to claim that and this morning I I was able to claim many of those things and I say them over myself and I've decided I'm going to say them when I say the sick man's prayer for others and um, just hold them for everybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Suzanne T., it's your turn. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Good morning. I, um, I'm reading this chapter and remembering what it was like to be an atheist. <laughs> like 25 years ago when I went into AA, um, I had a burning bush experience because I was so scared. I kept like trying to find God and I finally, God came to me. So um, I guess I guess the, re- the thing I wanted to share today about was the agnostics. As a person who believes in God now, I need to stay really sharp and on my game for those who don't because I was once there and how easy that is to forget. But luckily, we have this book, and it gives us these simple, this whole simple program laid out for us, like by the line, that we can follow. And so, when I when I read the Agnostics now, I'm reading it so that I can be an effective teacher to people who were once where I was. Or the other thing I think about is, don't I become kind of an agnostic every time I take my will back? Every time I take my will back, I'm also taking God's will back. And my goal in life is to know what God's will is for me. And um, anyway, so luckily we have this chapter. Um, and I, I don't know if we read it here or if I read it somewhere else, but it said we read lofty books. And um, I'm reading a book called Pass It On right now by Bill W. And he read lofty books about the spiritual experience because he wanted to make sure that he... I don't know what he wanted, but he read lofty books, and that didn't help him stay um, sober. So luckily, um, <clears throat> he read the lofty books and boiled it all down for us, so that's nice. I have read lofty books in my own religious experience, and that didn't that never worked for the food. And I still get resentful and, and belligerent about that, and... and um, um, this is what worked for the food. This is what worked to have God help me with my food to stop eating. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, it's early, <laughs> so I'm going to sign off. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you, Suzanne. Appreciate that. The floor is now open for additional comments. Um, what page are we on? I'm sorry. We are, we are on page 48, Chapter We Agnostics, and we're reading the four paragraphs on that page that move over to 49. Starts with the reader may still ask. Laura W. Hi, Laura W. Hello. Charles D. Sherry Sherry H. Sherry. And somebody, gotcha, Sherry KB, and somebody H. Sherry H. Sherry H, H maybe. Gotcha, Sherry H. Okay. Sylvia. Anybody else? 
Hi, Sylvia. Sylvia. Hear you loud and clear. <laughs> and I can Amy take G. maybe one or two more. Hi, Amy G. Got you too. How Kathy about one more? Jo. See how that takes us. Kathy Joe. Okay, let's stop there. See if that takes our time. Okay, good morning. I have Laura W., Charles D., Sherry KB., Terry H., Sylvia F., Amy G., and Kathy Joe. Good morning, Laura W. Good morning, Melanie. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in South Jersey. The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself. You know, when I came into these rooms 20 years ago, I came in forced through a treatment center. I was severely anorexic. They uh, threatened to put me in a wheelchair so I wouldn't expend energy, yet I wasn't under 100 pounds, so I didn't think I could be that sick. I didn't think I was anorexic. I thought I, thought I looked good, you know, and... I could not go an hour, let alone a day, without eating sugar, Um, fat-free sugar all day long, up to a certain amount of calories, and I could not stop. Yet in my mind, I thought I could stop tomorrow. I'll stop tomorrow. You know, let me just do this today and I'll stop tomorrow. Yet I grew up in a religious home. I had a God I believed in. I had a God that I would pray to. But never once did I pray to God to help me with this mental obsession, and you know, this book tells me why should I believe in a power greater than myself? Well, because I was in a downward spiral. I was on my way to, to be six feet under. And the only, uh, you know, the proof that there is a power greater than myself running my life today is that I am now a 45-year-old woman with two beautiful children, healthy, strong, abstinent for 13 years, and not binging, not purging, not starving for all of that time. There's no other explanation on my own, I could not do that. I tried for years. And, you know, faith doesn't just come. Faith, you know, still on a daily basis. I have to, you know, faith has to, action comes first for me. I have to take the action despite the uncomfortability, despite the fear. And then God shows me that, wow, you know, look at the outcome here, Laura. Look at the out, look at what you just accomplished or look at what you do, who you just helped or whatever the situation may be, then faith comes. So that has to come from inside. Most of this, a lot of this recovery is an inside job. I have to take the action, then faith comes. My power, the, the power within me, the God within me deepens, it strengthens. And I go one day at a time doing what needs to be done, doing what should be done, doing the next right thing, because without it, again, you know, I'd be living a life of self-will, living in, you know, trying to figure it all out myself, and the figuring it out and the running on self-will, that's the exhausting part. For me, living through the 12 steps one day at a time and relying on God, seeking God each day is the easier, softer way. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Laura W. Charles D., you're next. Thank you. This is Charles D., uh, recovered from Oregon. I'm I'm very happy to be here today, and I thank everyone for their service. um, I'm really grateful to have this opportunity to study the big book and to really understand God more than I ever have before and to um, and to finally be in recovery to be able to um, to experience God for the first time in my life uh, um, uh, the lo- long the long time that I had been um, in the disease and in my self-will and wondering where God was um, has is really over and um, I've, I've been able to, um, or God has revealed himself to me um, now that I've uh, opened myself up to um, really wanting God to have it, to be in my life, but also really showing God. And that is um, by, um, by doing what God wants for me. My, my, my God did not want me to be, uh, to, to create to um to have sui- to to do suicide god did not want me to be suicidal and to end my life through food and my god wanted me to be of service to others and to uh to know um 
what I can do to to help myself and to really help the world. Um, and I feel like the, this um, recovery has been a, a gift from God and it's also been a gift from people, but I feel like these people that really understood God were able to give that to me, that through their their words and their actions that are inspired by God have, have really opened me up to God. So I was, I'm grateful enough to, to have the open-mindedness to accept it. And now I'm really having God in my life for the first time. And it's amazing to see God in, in so many different areas. I'm just awestruck. And it's a, it's a deep, it's an inner feeling that I've never had before. Um, and I can, it's undeniable. So thank you very much. Thank you, Charles D. Sherry KB, you're next. Good morning, Melody. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Eye Reader. Thanks for your service, Melanie, and to everybody on the line. Um, all powerful, guiding, creative intelligence. Um, the perverse streak. Someone had, had defined perverse, and I found a different one. It says strongly self willed, headstrong. And you know, I laboriously tried to convince myself that I wasn't a compulsive overeater. Um, I just was doing everything I could to avoid uh, turning it over to my higher power. And I was governed by my own precise laws of uh, self-will run riot and uh, doing it the Sherry Show. And, you know, everything I did didn't work. Uh, everything, everything. I exhausted every everywhere I could. Um, that's what I do know. And it's just that that's what I did to myself. Um, you know, I know that electricity, I believe in electricity, but I don't know how it works, but I believe in it. Um, someone mentioned the wind. Um, you know, I know the wind blows because I can feel it on my face. I can't see it, but I can feel it on my face. Um, and that just also, I know from my own experience that uh, I think there's a powerful creative intelligence that sits on the line with us every day on this meeting. Um, that's what I do believe because I feel like I hear my higher power talk through all the people on the phone bridge. Um, and that is a very powerful thing for me. And then when I did do the steps, when I did do steps 4 through 9, 11, 10, 11, 12, my experience of my fifth step was quite amazing. Um, I did feel the nearness of my higher power, and I'm not one of those woo-woo people. Um, I definitely felt that experience, and I've, I've felt it a few times, and I, I have experienced it when I've been useful to others. Um, and all of a sudden, something that's bothered me got resolved because I got busy doing, you know, God's, you know, God's work, not God's job, but God's work with using the steps and. Uh, working with others, and um, I have felt things lifted from me before. And so I do believe in that. Um, my my disease wants to shut it closed really fast and wants me not to believe in any of this. So that's why I have to get on this line every day. That's why I have to keep my nose in the book. That's why I have to live in the steps and work the steps. And um, I see it working in all of you, and that's what gives me hope and get, gives me the strength to carry on. And being abstinent happily. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life that I was white-knuckling it. And being abstinent happily and being in this work, I know it's because I'm unblocked from my higher power. And with that, I pass. Thanks. i got 14 seconds. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Sherry KB. Terry H., you're next. Hi, everyone. Thanks. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Glad to be here. Um, that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful guiding, guiding creative intelligence. Um, for me in my uh, 20s, early 20s and throughout my 30s, I was seeking God through different religions in the world. Um, I traveled the world uh, during that period and I was seeking God and trying to understand that concept through the different religions in the world. I was even a missionary for several years. And, you know, that path brought me to a place of prejudice and judgment. And I eventually shut it down and turned, turned the opposite direction. Although I did, I did believe in a higher power. I knew that there was something there, but I struggled to define what that was for me. In my disease, as a compulsive overeater, bulimic and anorexic, um, I, I was so far away from that 
connection or that understanding or that belief that I was just spiraling to my death, most definitely. And, you know, no hospitalization, no self-will, no self-knowledge, no self-sufficiency um, was helping me as in, that, in my disease. And there's nothing I could do. I knew, you know, I, I did come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I had to. I had to believe in that higher power. Today, I'm, one, I'm 100%. I know I'm powerless in my disease, 100%. I alone cannot um, do it, most definitely. And, you know, today I have a higher power in my life that walks with me hand in hand. You know, um, I, you know, I experience my higher power in the sunset, the color, the trees, the wind, the clouds, the ocean, the mountains, you know, uh, the beauty in other people, hearing what people share um, on the line, you know, color in the sky. When I feel the tears roll down my cheeks, you know, I feel my higher power. That's a touch. You know, my higher power kisses me on top of the head. And it's just amazing. It's amazing. It's a miracle to me. It's definitely a miracle. My higher power is so big, so big today, you know, um, and I can see it working in the lives of other people. The more I'm able to surrender and trust, the the more my higher power is able to show himself to me and demonstrate how big my um, God really is in my life. And I'm very grateful for this connection today. Time. Very grateful. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. It looks like we have four minutes left of my overzealous since I took down too many names. Um, we have Amy G. and Kathy Joe, if you'd like to share that time. Amy, you're first. So what, like two minutes? No? Yeah, I think so, to Amy. Okay. Yes, thank you. Okay, just time me because I don't have a timer when I'm talking on the phone. Um, okay. So, uh, uh, thanks for your service. Uh, thanks, everyone, for an awesome meeting. My name's Amy G, and I'm a uh, covered compulsive eater from Maryland. You know, I love this reading, and, and this whole idea of the um, the example of electricity and, you know, things that we don't, we don't even think know how to work, and yet we accept them. You know, when I stick the key in my car and turn the engine over, I don't need to know how it works. I, I know that it works, and I use it to you know, to get me places to do things. I depend on it, actually. It's a higher power for transportation, if you will. But what I, but when it comes to things about me and my spirituality and things that affect my ego, they say this program is a program of ego reduction. You know, when it comes to that, then, you know, screeching halt. Because then I have to put my will aside. I have to put my ego aside. And the world says, use your mind, use your will, you know, you know, push through. And in all other areas of my life, I've been able to use that motto. I've been able to use my mind. I've been able to use my will. I've been able to achieve. And I've been able to be self-sufficient. So it's really hard to imagine that in this area, I cannot. I cannot. It is a liability. My thinking is a liability. But being into a state of reasonableness because of this disease, which is what we read about yesterday at the meeting, I had no power against this disease, and I couldn't. And it's also scary to think that i got to believe in something outside of myself when I've spent my entire life believing in myself and my self-sufficiency to say that I cannot do that, that I have to believe in something outside of myself. This is why we have a whole chapter dedicated to, to believing in spirituality because it's a spiritual remedy. I have to believe in something outside of myself or die of this disease. This is my opinion. But it's the reality for me because I have to be willing to put my ego aside. I'm not saying that I wanted to be God, that I wanted to play God, but I did rely on myself. And I needed to understand that self-reliance, when it came up against this disease, I failed miserably. And I didn't choose to step aside. I had to. As I said, beaten into a state of reasonableness, I had to make a choice. I had to surrender to the program that is in front of me and in those who had recovered if I wanted to live. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. hope I wasn't talking too fast. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you very much, Amy. Thank you for sharing that time um, in my error. Kathy Jo, you're next. Two minutes, please. Thank you for covering me. <laughs> Hi, this is Kathy Jo, Recovered Compulsive Reader in Minneapolis. I am a very wordy person, and I can keep someone on the phone forever, but for some reason I do pretty good at the one, two-minute chairs. So here I go again. Um, 
for me, I believed in God. I actually have a theology degree. I was a religious person most of my life. But when I came to back to OA a little over five years ago into vision for you about a year ago, I just didn't believe there was a God for me. I was so special that I decided God probably didn't care much about me anymore. And I really had to do the act as if slogan that's in this program. And I can say that that has changed immensely for me. Um, One of the things that helped me a lot, I just want to point out, is there's a Vision for You talk by Kathleen W., I believe in 2015, called How Can This Be But a Miracle of Healing? And in there, she talks about the rearview mirror and how when we look in the rearview mirror, we can see that God has worked in our lives throughout our whole life. And that really spoke to me, and I listened to that more than once with tears going down my face, knowing that God has always been with me. Now, when I pray and meditate, I usually have tears go down my face. So I feel God when I act as if, take the time, and give my food, my character defects, et cetera, to God. And much, much, much has changed for me, not just with the food, not just with the weight loss, but relationships. And today I'm giving God my marriage and my home and asking God to help me be who I should be as a loving wife. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Kathy Joe. And that is the end of our meeting then with the conclusion of Kathy Joe's share. Thank you to everyone who shared today. And we will close the meeting with a reading from the big book, on page 164, and we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. And real quickly, I'll remind you about the share IDs today so we can have that at the end of the recording. Um, For today, the um, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time share ID is 9994. And the share ID for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, Tuesday, May 30th, is 9992. So I'd like to ask Rocky I to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hello, can I record? Yes, hi, Rocky. Okay, great. All right, so Rocky recovered in uh, Tempe, Arizona. I had forgotten where I was. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. Um, All right, so our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who feels sick. The answers will come if your own health is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God, Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely what you have found and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and we will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.